first episode that we are doing of season two, brand new, it's a brand new bag this year, uh, is talking about movies as opposed to talking about the women who make these movies. Uh, but that's, there's a little bit about, you know, them in here as well. So I'll start off with that. So we're actually watching, or we, no, we watched, we didn't, we're not watching it now, but we watched um, Black Widow, which came out in 2021? Um, but yeah, okay. I thought so. Uh, Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia officially lists this movie as a 2021 movie, so we okay. can say that it's uh it came out in 2021. It was delayed though, right? That was a del- that was one of the, our, our wonderful. I I assume I don't know. There were so many movies that just didn't happen in 2020 then. <laughs> it was delayed, so they were supposed to. It was supposed to premiere, um, in the spring of 2020 That's what I thought, and then they yeah. just kept pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back and then it didn't come out until the until june of 2021 that's right and there was drama i didn't talk about the drama in any of my notes but there was some drama that you know like it got released doubly to both disney plus so and also in theaters and and there was the whole lawsuit with ScarJo. um i just I, I, the the reason that i didn't look that up is because I had no qualms with anything that happened because we were still in the middle of a pandemic. And, like, yes, I personally wanted to go see this movie in the theater. Sure. Um, Mm -hmm. The day that I had tickets, I actually had just gotten home from a work trip, (laughs) and we had been woken up at, like, 2 in the morning for a fire alarm that I did not understand for like 20 minutes i like, <laughs> spent like you're 20 just, minutes I mean, that's part of the dream right? it's fine i woke up and was like where is that noise coming from and just like wandered around my room like thank god there wasn't an actual fire um <laughs> because i would not have gotten out on time um but uh yeah i i it was a 2 a.m. wake-up call. We had a 4 a.m. wake-up so that we could get to the plane by 6. And by the time I got home, I was legitimately, like, ill. And so mm-hmm. I was like, it's just a really bad idea to <laughs> go into a public space at this moment. Smart move, so smart move. I was actually super thrilled. I was super thrilled that it was there on Disney+. Plus uh, Because it meant that I could still watch it right. on the day that it came out even though I couldn't be there in in the theater, which is what I wanted to do, and I'm bummed about it. But this is a very long story to say that I had no problems with anything that happened and was like, maybe everyone should just remember that we're in the middle of a crisis, yeah. an ongoing crisis. And it wasn't like, so that was when it was technically behind like a paywall too. So it wasn't like, and I, th- I know like the qualm was like, it wasn't in our contract or whatever, and I'm not going to even pretend like I understand legally why that's a problem because i'm sure it is but like look you're still getting paid a lot and uh it just happened to be easier that way uh i didn't watch it when it was behind the paywall because uh you were not going to catch me paying 30 dollars on any movie that's dropping on disney plus when it gets to be free like six months later sorry um but yeah I I was mad, but I paid it, and then I spent more money and ordered dinner to be delivered to my home, and I was actually like, you know what, this is fine, this is a great way to, if, 
if there had so this is a total aside but the paywall on disney plus is actually pretty like if you have a group of people who are all coming together mm-hmm. to watch the movie oh yeah like that is totally a reasonable amount of Absolutely. movie or of, of money to pay for first day access yeah. to a movie that's in the theaters mm-hmm. when you're by yourself it's a little much <laughs> but like if you're a family of four you would easily be spending a hundred dollars to go out to the movies. Oh, absolutely! If you're to pay for tickets for four people, probably buy some kind of snack. Like it's gonna be a lot. So like yeah. the idea that you could get access to a Disney movie first day in your own home and only spend thirty dollars like that, I'm like that's got to be a game changer for families with kids. Oh, for game sure. changer. And I think, like, I don't know, I, as somebody who, like, absolutely loves the movies, I'd love the idea that you could also just watch it at home. Like, I went to the movies last night to see Scream. Wonderful experience. But when that comes out uh, on, like, Paramount Plus or whatever, I'm going to watch it again. And if that happened to be the only way I could watch it, fine. But I like the ability to be like, oh, or sometimes it's like, I don't really want to see this movie in theaters. But it's a good way for me to, like... Uh, I just gotta, I gotta watch it anyway. But yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a movie person problem. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was I was just listening to I was just listening to Paul Shear on Unspooled talk about how when he was a kid in like the '90s he would just go see every single yes. movie and it didn't matter if it was good or bad and I was like oh my god how much money did you spend on that and then I was like he's probably got that like. AMC account where you like oh. pay 20 bucks a month and you can see as many movies yes. as you want which I'm like maybe I should sign up for that and totally like that had it. to be a game ch- changer too like oh yeah <sighs> I love that thing that thing is wonderful I don't think I see enough movies that like I'm not using it to its full potential but it's definitely useful like three movies a week 20 bucks a month like that's really it's a really good deal considering that I how much money I paid to go say, see Shang-Chi in the theater, because that was the first... Shang-Chi was the first movie I I saw wow. in the theater after after the pandemic started. Um, and that was, like, crazy expensive. I was like, this theater is at, like... It's not mm-hmm. limited seating. Like, it's not like they're charging me more because they can only have fewer seats like this was very expensive so yeah. 20 bucks a month is like less than what i paid for tickets and a popcorn so <laughs> great i'm on board all right i'm gonna get into this i'm gonna talk just briefly about kate shortland who is the director of black widow and she was born on august 10th in 1968 in tamora new south wales australia uh, almost did an accent there. That would have been very unsensitive of me, so I will not do the accent. Uh, she is a director and writer known for the movie Lore in 2012, Somersault in 2004, and Joy in 2000. Not the one about the mop lady. That's a different movie. Uh, I had to make sure. <laughs> um, she mostly did independent films before this movie, which I think is really crazy. And I think that's cool, though, because you tend to pick... Uh, women who have like a different sort of vision and I haven't seen Eternals yet that's and it just came out to Disney Plus for free so I'm gonna watch it but it's kind of the same with like Chloe Zhao who even like she did win the Oscar for best picture mm-hmm. but she's a mm-hmm. very different style in terms of directing than I would say like a I don't know a big a big budget movie person would 
So I was actually thinking about this a lot today because one of the things that I they they spent a long time looking for a director for the Black mm. Widow movie. And one of the things that came up when they were searching was that they had approached a couple of female directors and one of them, I can't remember who, but one of them was upset because they didn't want her to direct like the action scenes or the fight scenes. And that is kind of how Marvel has been able to get some of these more independent Mm -hmm directors because they're not relying on those directors to do the actiony stuff right and i actually like i can understand why that director was upset but i also think it's a really smart thing to do on marvel's part because number one that opens the door to a lot more talent that they can pull so that like they have a different flavor for each movie but i also think because these characters have been in so many movies Mm. for like like the Black Widow movie was 10 years in the making, essentially. Yeah. Like, there were 10 years of lead-up to that. So you already have a character with a style of fighting that has been established. So it's like you you would think that you would want to keep those same people right. to keep that style of fighting consistent throughout. So it's not, like, suddenly jarring, like, oh, this is... <laughs> This is way different. Like, this is not the Natasha Romanoff style of fighting that I am used to. Like, I I think that's a smart move on their part. And I, again, no qualms. No qualms about anything. No, not at all. And then uh, this is also written, or at least the story was written by uh, Jack Schaefer, who has produced episodes of WandaVision. And she grew up in Agora Hills, California. Graduated from Princeton with a BA in English. That's smart. Uh, graduated from UFC. It's not UFC, my bad. USC <laughs> with an MFA in film production. But I'm very familiar with her other stuff. And she's done a lot of other like television things. But I put in WandaVision because that's my, I think, at the moment, favorite thing of the MCU by far but that changes daily i don't know i just love wanda she's the best wanda definitely came out of nowhere like i was not expecting a lot from that show and then was like this is all right this you you got me back marvel like i thought i was done after endgame i thought i was done and nope here you are just just reeling me back in great job guys absolutely i said i want nothing to do with this show I really don't care about vision at all. And then I knew someone who was working on it. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a watch. And I was like, no, I'm obsessed with this now. Like, <laughs> this is embarrassing, maybe. But Agatha All Along was my top song on Spotify <laughs> last year. So <laughs> the thing I was all in is an understatement. <laughs> hey, it's a real bop, man. It, it really, it really is. It got me. In the best way. But yeah. Um, Black Widow has a 79% critic score, and this is on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 91% with audiences. The one thing that I will say is I personally wish that this movie came way earlier. And I know that's not a, um unpopular thing to say. I kind of wish that it came maybe like after Ultron let's, or something. I was going to say, let's talk about this because i have a lot of thoughts about this 
what uh okay so you're saying it should have come after ultron talk me through your reasons why this movie should have come out earlier Okay, so I feel like, first of all, this coming out after Endgame, to me, meant there are absolutely no stakes in this movie, which sucks. Yeah, (laughs) I I 100% agree, and I'm going to have more to say on that later when we actually get into it, but continue. She is at, at, I want to say up at that point, is the only person besides Hulk, but he already has solo movies that Marvel is assuming you're aware of because they've come out before. But she's the only one at that point without a solo thing that's, that's I would say, a core Avenger. Um, mm-hmm. Not like a Vision, because I don't know. I don't, he can't have a standalone film, personally. Like I, don't. I think, well, Vision's too new. I think it's wild that we got a Captain Marvel solo movie yeah. before we got a Black Widow Absolutely. movie. Like, that's insane to me. Yes. Um, technically, the the... Edward Norton, I'm I'm backtracking again. Technically, the <laughs> Edward Norton Hulk movie is in Phase One. Like, oh, right. yes. it's in my Phase One box <laughs> set. Like, that's ridiculous, but okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> they had to pick one, and that was the better one, I guess. <laughs> so I do, I do agree with you that this movie uh, should have come earlier, just from a character standpoint. Mm. Like, why didn't we delve into this more? Now. Here's my thing. This movie is set after Civil War. Yes. And I think if it had come out after Civil War, like if the plan had been Captain America Civil War, Black Widow, and then the thing that comes after Civil War, um, (laughs) I think it would have worked really well. Yeah. But uh, it... They decide to do this weird time jump after Endgame for no reason. So you're right. The stakes feel low because you know Natasha's Mm going to make it through this. And number two, I am going to say that, like, Scarlett Johansson has done a lot with that role. Mm -hmm. I think she has a lot of ownership over that role and over that that character just generally, which I think is is pretty fantastic considering how Black Widow enters the Marvel Cinematic (laughs) Universe. Um, But I do think that she is too much. She is playing a Natasha Romanoff who is a Infinity War Endgame era like mindset like she's too chill she's got too much of a mom vibe in this she is not like i think civil war natasha is a little bit more of a mess and that's kind of where this character is supposed to be right like her her new family is a mess her work life is a mess (laughs) and she's running away from that the natasha that we we see through most of that movie like we don't get enough of that messiness i think and she's just a little too chill which is where Mm. she is in infinity war and endgame she's a little too confident like she is in infinity war and endgame and i would have rather her like i think if they had done this movie when it's supposed to be set Mm -hmm. i think Scarlett Johansson as an actress would have been more in that mindset of like no I literally just sure like I literally just broke up the Avengers is what I just (laughs) did so like I don't know who I am at this point I don't know where I'm going what I'm going to do next and then she goes into this next mission like that is I 
have seen this movie three times, and the more I watch, like, it is an enjoyable movie every single yeah. time. Like, I, I feel like we should put that out there. Sure. Like, I enjoy watching this movie. Why they <laughs> did it the way that they did it is baffling. Baffling. Yeah, I, I do agree. And I'm going to say something maybe controversial, but I don't think Captain Marvel necessarily needed a solo movie before Endgame. Um, and I actually don't love that movie. Um, I think Black I... Widow is better, but I was expecting a 90s show-stopping event from Captain yes. Marvel, and I didn't get I, it. I did want that movie to be more 90s-themed. I think, so I was thinking about this, too, because we talked a little bit about Captain Marvel when we talked about mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. I think you get two very different, like, two d- very different pictures of femininity, mm-hmm. femininity, and women in those video- those films. Yeah, like you have Captain Marvel, who's like the toughest nails. Anything you can do, I can do better. Right. Like tomboy character like she's very much trying to be like she's not trying to be one of the guys she's trying to prove she's better than the guys and she's got this like really crusty hard exterior (laughs) and then you have at that point wonder woman Mm -hmm. who was this very gentle Mm -hmm. like uh you know very soft picture of femininity like she could still kick your ass right like, i'm not saying she she can't do that <laughs> but like it was just two very different like ideals i guess of like this is how women are right because we're we're hollywood and we don't actually know that's right um, yes they are either girly I, or not <laughs> and like that's not to say that I didn't enjoy aspects of those movies sure. either or that there is any wrong way to be a woman. Like, oh, abs- absolutely. No wrong way to be a woman. That's be right. however you want to be. Uh, but I will say that I like the depiction of women in Black Widow, Widow better than those two other franchises. Because oh, it's yeah. like, she's she's just a person. She's a person and she's kind of a hot mess and she's like a mix of a whole bunch of things, but she's mostly just a human being trying to live her life. Like that, I'm like, I, that resonates with me very deeply. (laughs) I do think, uh, now Black Widow is the only person, or I guess the only movie where I was like, oh my gosh, their like sister relationship or like sibling relationship is like really, even though it's not great at first, but it's like super believable. It is like incredibly yes. believable, especially when they're in that that car um, scene and Yelena is just talking. She's like, oh god, just shut up! Yes. Like, <laughs> so oh my god, that was definitely like that was it. It didn't actually remind me of my relationships mm-hmm. with my own sisters but it was very much like yeah this feels real this feels authentic like this feels like a conversation that i could have with one of my sisters this is great yes absolutely i am going to say something because you brought up yelena <laughs> i feel like this was not a black widow movie this was an introduction to yelena movie this was Yelena's movie. She has the most iconic lines. She has the most dramatic arc. She has, like, this is an introduction to Yelena, who is going to be the Black Widow 
for yes. the next like phase of the franchise. Yes. So this was this was not a Natasha movie. This was a Yelena oh, movie. Absolutely, as all things in the MCU should be Yelena focused from here on out. Um, Agreed. I do think, like, I guess spoilers for Hawkeye, uh, but I think like that's how that's gonna go for. I mean, the the next couple of MCU movies because we've got Kate Bishop has been introduced, and then Riri Williams is going to be introduced in Black Panther two. So yeah. we are clearly getting young Avengers in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but definitely getting rid of, I guess, who we all sort of knew for these last 10 years to get like, ah, oh, yes, okay, here come all the new, here's the new Iron Man, who's now Iron Heart, I think. And I'm not very super familiar with Iron Man comics, but. Have they, have they, because Iron Heart, I think it is supposed to be a woman. Yeah, Riri is her name, yeah, supposedly. Yeah, that's, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> This is based I, on low-level knowledge that I have. Of the, of I the am legitimately universe. looking these things up <laughs> as you're talking about them because I'm like, I, I can't remember what's coming next. I can't. I don't remember what's coming next. I'm oh. gonna be real honest. And then we've got Love and Thunder, which is going to introduce you know Jane Foster as uh, new Lady Lady Thor. I guess is what people have been calling mm-hmm. her, but I guess mm-hmm. you can just call her Lady Thor. Thor. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, the new god of thunder. Um, so it's very clear that they are stepping away from their older stuff and definitely like passing the torch off to new people, which is cool because everything should grow and diversify. And it's great that so many women are being added into this new like lexicon of uh, yes. heroes. Miss um, Marvel, who is getting a Disney mm-hmm. Plus show, is... A Pakistani uh, superhero, which yes, is really cool. Yes. Um, so it's really nice to see, uh, as opposed to where it was like Black Widow was it for a while, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we, I mean, like we had sprinkles of women here and there, but they were like generally love interests. So yeah, and I think so. I think I have come to terms with Black Widow because I we I rewatched all of her movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, in preparation for this episode and I definitely was not a fan of her when she was introduced and it was like a long journey to me being like okay no Black Widow is cool and I think the issue is a very like girl on girl cry moment on the part of me because they introduce like I I rewatched the movies and I do actually think they are doing a lot with that character um and they're trying to constantly subvert your expectation like they set her up as a as as one character that you think you know because you've seen an action movie before right and then the big turn is always that like oh surprise like that's not what we were doing like so she's introduced in iron man 2 in 2010 and she's Mm -hmm. clearly introduced like, she is supposed to be a threat to Pepper Potts. And that's where the girl-on-girl crime comes in because I'm I'm very much like, oh, bitch, you better step off. Because uh, I really liked Pepper Potts. And I liked Pepper Potts and Tony. Uh, and so I was definitely mad at Scarlett Johansson slash Black Widow 
because it was like, oh, you're clearly, you have been introduced into this story to be a threat to this relationship that I have already invested in. Um, Which, like, I should not have been mad at Natasha. I should have been mad at Tony, who is the, (laughs) the... the real problem in that relationship um but then you find out that she was not introduced to be a threat to this other relationship she was introduced as a spy for nick fury and then when you realize that you're like oh all of those decisions that she was making before that she was making beforehand uh were really like they were doing that on purpose because they were trying right. to get information from Tony and they were trying to get like in deeper with Tony and that's super gross, but like <laughs> that was a smart move. And like some of that is me giving them a little more credit than maybe they deserve, but it's like, okay, no, she's like, she is very much portrayed in this way as a honey trap, essentially. Oh, yeah. Like, on purpose like that's the point she is trying to trap tony into giving her more information into like getting past his defenses so she can get things that she needs for shield like absolutely so again i will give marvel credit for that but then she is introduced again like when she shows up in avengers it's another like she is Mm-hmm. tied to mm-hmm. Clint mm-hmm. and that is another like oh yes she is a she's another romantic interest essentially and you're like okay okay yeah um and then you find out later that she's not interested in Clint <laughs> right. like Clint is married and has children and a farm right. somewhere and Natasha and him are just bros and that relationship is actually pretty adorable and like yeah. no I like it um I think the Russos did the most in terms of, like, giving her a character. And so I think there's a little bit of, like, Cap Natasha tension mm-hmm. in Civ- in Winter Soldier. Yes. But I don't like watching it for the millionth time because... <laughs> That one's my my favorite. Yes, um, that's the that's the film where I started to like Natasha because she isn't a romantic interest in that movie. Right. Like she's, she's actively trying to get Steve yes. to like find a girlfriend, but not her. Yes, and it was like, oh no, you're just you're just a bro. You're just here to be cool. Um, so that uh, that I think. <clears throat> did a lot for the character, but then Joss Whedon came back in with uh, Avengers Age of Ultron and tried to cram in a weird like, Natasha no, Bruce. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 dude, did you did you watch the last one? She doesn't need no. to be in a romantic relationship with anybody. Like, we don't need that from her. It's fine. Uh, and no, he had to he had to cram that weird that weird love story in and I still don't understand it absolutely she's like 100% always tied to men in her introduction which sucks uh, and I think that's why like and going back to I also watched I didn't watch them all but I watched Iron Man 2 as well and you did send me that text I was like oh like she's a honey trap and I was like oh no you're right because like I hate the way she's introduced it's very stereotypical but it's also yep. stereotypically like this is how women were it just were in these like movies yeah. and I mean could yeah. still kind of continue to be 
in a lot of action movies. And then there's, like, the scene where he, like, pulls up her, like, kind of sexy picture on his little computer or whatever. And you know that that was totally manufactured because she would never let that be out and about in the world. Well, and a thousand percent, like, when you think back on it and you know that Natasha is here as essentially a corporate spy, you're like, oh, somebody at S.H.I.E.L.D. had to set up that photo shoot. And she's just, like, all innuendo all the time with all him. the time until it flips and she's she's like yeah i work for shield which is and i watched her costumes at this point mm-hmm. up until that point it's a lot of like low cut stuff it's a lot of colors mm-hmm. and it's immediately all black once uh he knows that she works for shield and it's all really reserved clothing well, and the other thing there, too, is that she, when she reveals that she's working for S.H.I.E.L.D., like, that's the point where Tony stops going into the office and Pepper has essentially taken over Stark yes. Industries. Yes. So Pepper actually inherits <laughs> Natasha yeah. as her own personal assistant. And that was where I noticed that Pep- that yep. uh, Scarlet's... That Natasha's <laughs> outfits changed. Yes. Because, like, now she's working for Pepper. Like, yeah. she doesn't need to be a honey trap for Pepper. That's nope. that's not what what she needs to do is she needs to rein that in so she can get Pepper's trust again. Yes. So that Pepper lets down her guard and starts feeding her information that she needs. And I do actually think I love the scene at the end of that movie where they are... Um, Pepper, like, the expo has been attacked by mm-hmm. all of the, uh, the, oh, crap, and here can, I feel terrible for not remembering this guy's name because okay. I loved him, uh, in this movie, um, all of wonderful uh, Sam Rockwell's creations. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, so the expo has just been attacked by all of Sam Rockwell's, uh, robots who are not under his control, uh, but... Pepper and uh, Natasha find him and his team trying to, like, work it out. And Pepper's, like, on the phone to the police, like, calling it in. And Nat's trying to, like, fix stuff. And then Nat, like, slams Sam Rockwell's head into the table. And, like, the two, Pepper and Natasha are, like, best friends at that (laughs) point. Or, like, in my mind, they're best friends at that point. And, like, Pepper's the no nonsense business person, and Natasha is the muscle. And yes, I'm like, that's absolutely. a TV show I would watch. <laughs> that's the what if the next what if episodes are just going to be about that particular friendship. That would be incredible, and I would love it. I, I would, you know, if Disney's listening, I'm sure they're in production. Uh, season three, then. Uh. Yeah, yeah, season three. So I'm going to move away from. Uh, Iron Man 2, even though one of the notes I wrote was nothing to do with anything but the mashup that the DJ plays when Rhodey and Tony are fighting is fire. Uh, <laughs> that is pretty, it was pretty great. You're not wrong. And now I want to fully move into Black Widow because there are so many interesting things that happen in this movie. And then I was like, Let's am I it. too deep? Like, am I thinking too hard into this? But I'm like, that's the point. Like, this, that's why we watch movies, right? It's to like overthink it and that's why we, we do these podcasts. Exactly. So, like, my first two notes are like, oh, there's a very, so, I was so deep thinking these last weekend or whenever it is I watched this. But I was like, I wonder if they decided to dye her hair blue at the beginning 
of the movie to show like that was the only time she had like bodily autonomy uh, and was able to do what she wanted with her body. And I was like, ah, that's probably not at all. They just wanted to make her look like some cool kid. (laughs) I definitely, well, no, because you have to think it's a 1991. So like that dyeing your hair crazy colors was not like, that wasn't a thing in 1991. Not at that age. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Much older. I think that's more of a 2000s thing. But because I thought that, too, the other thing I thought was that that little girl who they got to play Natasha was so well cast. Yes. Because she looks like just a random kid. Yes. Like, she's not, she's not, and I, I hate to say this because it sounds terrible, <laughs> but it, I, I truly mean this in, like, a, a heartfelt <laughs> way. Like, she's not a super pretty kid. Like, she's not. Yeah. And. Neither her nor Yelena are sexualized. Like, they're wearing just random, yes. like, summer's day clothes. Absolutely. Like, nothing about them is stylish or stylized. They just feel like real kids yes. living in Ohio. It's like Midwest all over that, like, yeah. scene. And it's wonderful and it's great. And then the other note that I had, I was like, oh, this might be reaching. Uh, but they listened to Bye Bye Miss American Pie which is the last song that they all technically listen to together. And I was like, this is really intense because this is technically the day these two kids die. Like, not yes. physically, but mentally yes. they die because, like, they've lost all sense of, like, well, at least Yelena because it, it's clear that Natasha knows a little bit about what's going on because she still speaks yeah. Russian uh, and knows yeah. Russian. But it's very clear that Yelena grew up at least up until that age thinking oh yeah. Yeah, this is my like honest to god true family and like yeah and then all of a sudden it's like completely shattered that day like that's yes. the last day she gets to be i want to say happy uh i and i love that scene so much because they get like yelena is so clueless and it's so cute and so heartbreaking at the same time and they get in the car and she's like play my song and i'm like oh my god oh my god this poor little girl has no idea what is about to happen to her um but she's so cute i love that actress she's from hill house uh she does such a good job um but yeah she's really she was really selling it like the the total innocence Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Which is why I think Yelena gets to keep some sort of, like, personality after she's, like, done, she's awoken from being a widow or whatever. Sure, Uh, yeah. Because she got to have a sort of childhood, uh, in a sense. Yeah. One that she can remember. Yes. Because, like, Alexi says to Natasha... When they land in Cuba, she's like, don't... Natasha's trying to protect Yelena, and Alexi's like, you have to let her go. And she's like, she's so young, though. And Alexi says, you were younger than she was when you were brought in. So clearly, clearly, Yelena is a person because she thought she had a family for yes. her like formative childhood years versus the other black widows who were just like orphan soldiers. Absolutely. And I think like I don't know, I think well, this is just gonna be like a stand podcast for Florence Pugh as Elena because I think she's oh, yes. amazing. 
Uh, I was actually really surprised that, like, she did it. Not because I don't think Flores Pugh is amazing, but because I was like, oh, I have, like, not seen her on things that are, like, quote-unquote big budgety kind of deals. Sure. Uh, like, she's in Midsommar, which is kind of... T- I mean, it's totally different than this. Uh, mm-hmm. And I guess you could say that's big budgety, but it's it's more like she does, I don't know, like, artsy films, I guess, is what yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvel Marvel gets a rap for being super commercialized. And yes. I think it's because they crank out so much. And because they're action movies, they have, sure. like, all of the big blockbuster, like, tropes that you end up with. But I, I, I feel like even if you're not into that kind of commercialized aspect of it, you have to give them some credit for oh, yeah. essentially having, like... A fifteen year plus <laughs> franchise, like like television shows, don't even get that many. Like no. The Office only had nine seasons. Like Supernatural ended at fifteen seasons, and we're at like year fifteen for Marvel now. Well, we're not at year fifteen, but they have plans yeah. like beyond year oh, yeah, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Like this is the most well handled franchise I can think of. <laughs> And I absolutely, Ever. absolutely, and, and I lo- I enjoyed these movies. I always just felt like, I don't know, she had like an attitude that I put on her that was like, oh, sh-, kind of yeah. like what I did with Margot Robbie. It's like, oh, these kind of people, like, I don't know about them. But then yeah. I, that's the girl on girl crime uh, aspect <laughs> of it, I guess. Um, but I love her as um, Yelena, and I think she does such a wonderful job. And I think, like, as much as I wish this movie was done beforehand I cannot see anybody else in this role and I don't think it would have been her would it have been however many years ago so like while we were you know kind of left out in the cold to wait for this movie we got blessed uh so I will we got blessed with an amazing cast to be honest uh but there is just like one of the gripes that I have for this movie is why does she develop an accent because she she wouldn't she just speak the... I don't understand that, but that's just a me I, thing. I... That is a really good question, <laughs> because I was thinking a lot about what language they were using when. Like, Natasha has clearly worked on eliminating her accent. Yes. All of the Black Widows are able to speak without an accent. Right. So, it's a little bit weird that... They speak when they do speak English. They are speaking it with an with such a heavy accent yeah. so much of the time. And then I also think it's a little weird that they speak English when they're all together. Because like, wouldn't they be speaking Russian? Yeah. Question. Like, if you're speaking English with a Russian with a quote unquote <laughs> Russian accent, because the accents are all over the place uh if you're speaking english with a russian accent wouldn't you just revert to russian right or because you all very clearly can speak english without the act like the only person i will give a pass to is yelena because she speaks english for three years of her life and then goes back to russia and is probably forced to speak Russian all the time. Sure, that makes yeah. Question mark in the subtitles at the very end. 
one of the Black Widows asks a question, mm-hmm. and the subtitles on my TV specified that it was in Finnish. Oh. So I was like, so wait, does that mean they're all speaking a different language? Mm. Is well, they technically so like I would I would understand they're gonna have to know a bunch of languages like right. that's that's something they're gonna have to know but they're gonna also have to probably be convincing at those so yes. you would assume that they would try their best to eliminate any sort of accent in general yeah I I'm gonna nitpick this a little more too and say that if you watch the Peggy Carter series. You see the very early days of the Red Room mm. and the Black Widow mm-hmm. program, and they're sitting watching like Disney cartoons, yeah, and like watching like popular movies of the time to perfect their accents. So like they clearly put a lot of effort yeah. into eliminating accents when you're speaking in a specific yes. language it's very confusing and i had a lot i had a lot of question marks about it <laughs> i think that's one of the things that hollywood does where it's like we're not going to fully commit to like either casting someone who is of this race or actually like russian. uh <laughs> uh because i think that one person who is actually russian or at least european in a sense is taskmaster task taskmaster oof that's Master. rough um and I can't remember her real name, uh, but she doesn't uh, speak. <laughs> you know what? I can't remember her real name either because I was about to say Dragov's daughter. Yeah. And that's not a name. That's, that's right. not a name. Um, um, there's so many names that happen in this movie that are so close. So. <laughs> I. Well, here's my thing with Taskmaster. I'm going to have a hot take here. Um, I did not care about taskmaster at all like that is the one thing that marvel i think makes a smart decision in doing is that like for most of these movies with the exception of the big like avengers team up movies for the individual movies it's not about the bad guy it's about like the internal struggle that the character is having which i'm like that's smart that's how you make a character that like people get attached to and watch for like 10 plus years the drakov's daughter thing felt so like just sort of jammed in there like having taskmaster as drakov's henchman Mm -hmm. totally fine having taskmaster be drakov's daughter who is something someone that natasha killed in order to escape from the red like that feels a little too convoluted it feels like something that like is outside of what she's actually dealing with which is family trauma like i don't think i don't think that element of the story was necessary because like we know that natasha's past is murky we know she's killed people we know she's trying to work on it like that's not a that's not a thing we need to explore in this movie that is more focused on family dynamics and like what makes a family and how do you how do you like come to terms with a family that isn't perfect yeah and how do you grow from like childhood traumas like her having 
her dealing with childhood trauma versus her dealing with this one incident <laughs> that she feels guilty about. Like, pick one of those things. Pick one of those things yeah. and don't try to cram both of them into this storyline because it just felt like I just didn't care. I just didn't care about it. I like that it was a woman. Well, I liked the idea of Taskmaster. I think that's a really cool thing. Like, being able to master anyone's fighting style is super cool. I like that she was able to kick uh, Alexi's ass when they were fighting. Like, that's awesome. But it does feel like she is something to make the the real villain of Dracoff even worse. Because, like, she's just there to be like, oh, look what I did to my own daughter. Like, she's so ugly. I can't even look at her. I just put her in this Um, suit. (laughs) I'm sorry. Let's, because I had a a bone to pick with that. Because she takes off the mask and he's like, I can't even look at her. And it was like, she is actually, like, for having a building fall on her face. Looks great. She looks great. I would think that she would be way more messed up for both being blown up and crushed. Like, yes, the fact that her face is still like shaped like a face, <laughs> like that's impressive. That's uh, uh so and, and now I want to talk about Dragov because a lot of people ranked on him for being like a bad villain in a sense, but I think. He's perfect because he's a mediocre white man who thinks the world owes him everything. Uh, and it's just... That's so percent. <laughs> and they're like, that's something that so many women deal with today. And, like, he took... And he found out how to be evil and he took the chance because I feel like he was butthurt over something. And was like... Probably. I'm, and he clearly sees women as an object and not, like, just of desire. I just, like, an mm-hmm. object of getting something done. Because women can make good spies because people do often overlook them. So, like, I mean, I'm going to agree with him there. I think women could make a better spy in certain situations. But it's also, like, this guy is just the worst. Like, he is truly a horrific villain. I guess that's in the sense that's, like, he doesn't care and it's, it's... it's something that women have to, like, in reality, have to deal with. Like, obviously not to this degree. Uh, yeah. But still, it's, it's kind of realistic. I had to look up in my notes because I wrote down um, that. So I think what you're saying is perfectly embodied in the scene where Natasha breaks her own nose. Yes. Like, she does the she does the Black Widow thing where she, you know, gets real vulnerable and hurt and, like, mm-hmm. her eyes get watery and, like, he thinks he's won, yes. right? Yes. Like, he thinks he's he's done it. And then you, he reveals a piece of information and there's, like, an almost immediate switch where Natasha turns into Natasha again yes. and stops being mopey. And, like, every time she does that, and again, more girl-on-girl crime on my part, <laughs> but every time she does that, I'm like, really? Really? You're gonna cry about it? You're Black Widow! And then she <laughs> she switches and I'm like, you fooled me again. You got me. You did it again. <laughs> Great job. Um, 
but she has this switch and suddenly it is like she is talking to an internet troll, right? It is like I wrote on my notes he's an internet neckbeard troll because he's like she's like pointing out all of these reasons why he's wrong and he's like no I'm not you're stupid yes. and then she she ends this argument in the best way possible which is saying you couldn't quite cut it so i'm gonna have to break my own nose because you're not strong enough and i was like yes yes to all of this like as a villain you're like super annoying but you're also like this perfect embodiment of like the evils that women have to deal yes. with on a day-to-day basis like absolutely he's a mansplainer yes. that's what he is and i think like that's why i didn't find like such a problem with him just because it like it felt it kind of feels like black mask i think that's his name in birds of prey where they're like obviously both very into themselves i think they are better mm-hmm. than everyone and like that's just it just like so misogynistic to degrees that are so yes. realistic unfortunately <laughs> well i think his introduction is perfect cuz uh natasha as melina walks into the room and he walks up to melina and he is so yes. close Ugh. to her yes i was immediately like <laughs> Oh my god, like I need to back mm-hmm. up from the TV screen because he is invading my personal space yes. right now. Like uh I just like there was so as much as I will nitpick some of the things in this sure. movie, it is mostly because there were so many things in it that felt so authentic yes. and like resonated so deeply with me that I'm like you were you were very close like this was a great attempt. What are we going to do for the next one? <laughs> like, these are my notes for, for the next one, yes. for the sequel, right? The only thing that I also didn't like was the, like, pheromone thing. I was just like, eh. eh. Uh. I, that's questionable science. <laughs> the only reason why I will let it slide is because she gets to say, you weren't quite yeah. strong enough, so I'm going to have to do this myself. Like, oh, he punches sure. her, like, three or four times in the face and doesn't manage to break her nose. Yeah, it's it is, it's a little sad for him. A it's little bit sad. Gross. He's just so gross. Um, gross. And I hate him. Um, but I think that that's, like, one of the things where it's, like, there are subtleties. Like, when you would look at this movie, it doesn't scream, like, I was written and directed by a woman. I don't think so. Uh, and I no. don't, and I think, like, that's the point of, like, I think that that should be the point of all movies. They should, like, women don't have to be making women-focused. I mean, like, yeah, this is woman-focused. No. But not, like, it doesn't always have to be about, like, something about being a woman. But it's nice to have, like, it's very clear with, with things like, oh, this has a lot of pockets. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no yeah. fucking man yeah. would think about that because would they have all the that. pockets. They don't ever yes. need pockets. We need the pockets. So, like, it's lines like that. And then there was, like, the whole, when they're in the uh, helicopter after, or plane, whatever, after uh, saving Alexi, and they're talking about their period. It, like, goes on for so Long, that I was like, oh, a man would never touch this with a 10 foot pole. That is one of my absolute <laughs> favorite things because Yelena does this thing where she's like, 
they go into your uterus and they rip everything like like she does these hand yes. gestures and then she's like they chop everything up and i was like this is this is gold this is comedy gold somebody gets me finally but yeah i think it's just like small things like that where it's like oh okay well, and then you compare and contrast that, because I'm going to go back to Age of Ultron, yeah. and it's just weirdness. Because there's that scene in Age of Ultron where Natasha is trying to convince, Nat is trying to convince Bruce to be her boyfriend, mm-hmm. essentially. And Bruce is like, but I'm a monster. And Nat's response is, I can't have children because I had a forced hysterectomy. Who's the monster now? And it was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait. We, you know, us, us childless what? women and women. <laughs> oh, we really are the monsters. I just like, and I think if he had, if, if someone had taken a second to really think about that line, if they had framed it differently, where it was like, I decide, I allowed myself to become someone who is incapable of bringing life into the world so that I could take life. If they had reframed that argument just a little bit, it would have been less problematic. I'm not going to say it would have been right. like a great <laughs> argument, but it would have been like, it would have felt a little more like oh yeah i mean it is kind of sucky that you decided to like sacrifice so much of yourself in order to kill people is like essentially the argument but like we had no indication that nat even wanted kids up until like that moment and like does she want kids after that point yelena and her have a conversation where yelena's like did you ever want kids and Nat doesn't answer, and Yelena's like, I want a dog. Yeah. Like, I don't even know that Yelena wants kids, but she does want a dog, which I was like, hashtag relatable. Right. Like, <laughs> great. For the millennials over here. <laughs> and then she gets one at the end, and it was great. And I was like, I'm so happy for you. You named your life. dog Fanny Longbottom, <laughs> yeah. and that's really adorable. Yeah. I guess the other way to look at that line, and fix it in a sense is to say I, I've seen real monsters as opposed to like oh yeah the people who did that to me were monsters like you're not a monster because like that right. implies she chose to be a widow and we know that to be wrong so <laughs> well like and they and they do the flashbacks in Ultron where we see her mm. with one of her red room like instructors I yeah. guess and she's doing her final like test and the instructor's like, you're pulling your punches. Like, you can't back out now. Right. And I, I don't know. Like, they make it seem like it is more of a choice in Ultron. But then you get to Black Widow and it's like, no, there was no choice. Yeah, no, they're brainwashed. Like, and it's just gotten worse because the brainwashing has, like, turned into, like, chemically altering someone's brain functions. Uh, like, yeah. I... It, it is, and then the other thing that I hate about that is that in that moment in Ultron, when Natasha's like, who's the monster now? Like, I think that's actually the line, which I'm like, <sighs> what? Uh, Bruce, like, that's the moment where Bruce is like, yeah, okay, I guess we could be together. <laughs> we are both monsters. It's like, what? <laughs> Bruce? 
just being like, you don't have to, like, well, he can't have sex as, as, as being told in right. any other version. But was that her little nod of being like, we're fine. We don't have to have crazy babies. Like, <laughs> I will. Is that him saying he can't have, like, he says, well, no, because he says physically it can't happen. And I guess that's referring to the fact that, like, he has a heart rate issue. But you'd think, so, but, like, he, he has it under control. In a sense, so wouldn't you think that he would figure that part out? Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I I don't even don't want to know. look that up on the internet because God I knows what I would need find. To think. <laughs> I don't need to think about the Hulk figuring out <laughs> the physical mechanics involved in making babies. I don't need to know. <laughs> we'll leave that to She Hulk. Maybe that will answer our question. Oh my god, that would be amazing if because it's Tatiana Maslany who's playing yeah. She Hulk. Uh, so I would love for her to give everyone a treatise on how that works. And you know that as soon as that show comes out, there are going to be so many people being like, "Stomp on me," you know, whatever. <laughs> people, I would probably say it. I'm not probably be one of those women. That's fine. Uh, I mean, I would let Milena, which is Rachel Wise, I let her program in her little tablet to tell me to stop breathing just to be around her. It's fine. Rachel Weiss in this movie, phenomenal. Phenomenal. I think one of my absolute favorite scenes in the movie is when they are sitting and having, like, do they show up at Milena's house and she's just like, come inside and she's just putting food on yes. the table and they're pouring drinks and she's like Yelena eat something eat something and Yelena's like I oh, know I'm not hungry eat something have a little bit like that just felt like all of the the Polish family dinners that I have been to in my life <laughs> with my extended family I'll have a little something have a little yes, something yes. like I was like this feels real like Whoever did this knew something. Oh, that scene is also so great because then Alexi's like, I've been, I just got out of prison. I've got a lot of energy. And I was like, absolutely would watch that sex tape. Like, it'd be you fine. You texted me that. You texted me that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I watched the movie after that text and it was like, oh no, those two, those two are going down to Pound Town. Like, they oh, are yeah. ready to go. She's ready to go, and he hasn't showered in 30 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was incredible. That whole family dynamic I loved. And I loved that, like, Nat and Yelena saw that unit as their family, and the breakup yeah. of that unit was very traumatizing. And so they're very much, like, reacting to this family unit again in like a negative way like they're they're very like what's the word i'm trying to think of uh i'll figure it out in a minute um but they're they're like they're very much reacting to it angrily like they're angry to be like we don't we we didn't have any feelings for you guys that was all fake like 
don't touch me. And Milena and Alexi, who initially, who are the ones who initiated like the breakup yeah. of the family, essentially, are like, oh yes, my two daughters, my two daughters, Natasha and Yelena, and my wife and my husband. And it's like, no, none of the <laughs> and Nat's sitting there like none of this was real. And the t- three of them are like, what are you talking about? Of course. It was. Oh yeah, that's just the way parents will be like, no, I never did or said that or whatever. And then the kids like. Right? Oh, I remember it differently. <laughs> so, like, that feels very real. To, feels very real. <laughs> and then this is another reason. This was another time when I wrote down that this is Yelena's movie because she has that moment where she stands up and is like, "Don't tell me it wasn't yes. real because it's the only thing I've had to hold on to my entire life. If you're telling me this isn't real, then what the hell has this all been about?" And like. Standing ovation, like, excellent performance from Florence Pugh there. Like, that was fantastic. I like, and I think, yeah, I like Yelena the the most in this because she gets, like, such a depth to her character because she gets to be the comic relief and the fun little sister, but also gets to be, like, obviously, like, traumatized and, like, really holding on to this one small thing that she could probably, at this point, barely remember Right. But is looking back at that like so fondly to be like, well, that was were quite honestly the best years of my life. What was she like? Maybe six. I don't remember anything like when I was six. But right, like I guess like her right? holding on to that. I guess if I had a traumatic life and only good things happened when I was like one to five or whatever, I would remember all that. But yeah, she's just a very like. There are moments like that, but then right before when they are doing the prison break, she's like, we're both doing a good job. Like, there's like such fun moments with her. But like, that's why I think she feels the most real because like she gets to be so like well-rounded. Yeah, she has, she definitely has the most range and it just like that performance, I think really nails it. And I, I would be interested to know if they had plans like, they had to have plans for Yelena to continue through the rest of the franchise after the Black Widow movie. Yeah. Because, you know, spoiler alert, Black Widow dies in Endgame. So, like, there had to be thoughts of that, but I'm wondering how much of Florence Pugh's performance, like, really nailed it yeah. home. That, like, oh, no, she's going to be sticking around for a while because, like, this really is her movie yes. I, I wrote it down a bunch of times <laughs> i've said it a bunch of times this is her movie yes and i think her showing up in hawkeye i know that was that was was planned yeah uh, but i i mean like she is the best part once again of hawkeye her, uh just in general her and kate bishop i guess are like great together they have a good dynamic together Yes, which is very absolutely. fun. Which is it's fun because then she gets to sort of almost be an older sister in a weird way. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Who I do believe is supposed to be. They look really close in age, but I do believe she's supposed to be younger. They're supposed to be, yeah. I th- it's hard because Kate Bishop is like legit like twenty two, twenty four in the show. Yeah, so it's like, are you? It's a, like she starts in college, yeah. so she's got to be twenty two, right? It's like it's a weird age. Like I feel like they should have. I feel like Kate Bishop should be like eighteen. Yeah, and then Yelena's like twenty four, twenty five. Yes, right. And and that 
works better. I, I don't know. It feels weird that Kate Bishop is, like, college-aged is what yes. is how I feel. But, you know, they, they do what they're going to do. That's fine. But Yelena... Whatever, guys. She gets blipped, so we do find out, like, she has been blipped in this time period. That's true. And does That's true. have to deal with the aftermath of losing... Of learning from somebody else that her sister... Sister is gone. gone. Which is really sad. I would like to know, did Kate Bishop get blipped? Did she? I I don't know. It was unclear. Yeah. I don't. I want to say no, but I I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I don't don't know either. I don't know either. But I did want to talk about, I did want to talk about costumes. Yes. Because I think that I want to talk about a lot of things uh but right now i want to talk about yelena's costumes yes. because i love how baggy and like yes. big all of her costumes are and i think a lot like we talked about earlier mm-hmm. with nat dyeing her hair as a little girl and being like yes i get to make my yes. own decisions about like my physical appearance and then you have um you have Yelena at the end of the movie. Like, Yelena talks about buying the vest and this being her first piece of clothing. Yes. And then you see her at the end in the end credit yes. scene, and she has the wildest <laughs> yellow plaid outfit. Yes. Super baggy pants, super baggy jacket. Yes. And then when we see her in Hawkeye, she has that another super big baggy coat. Like she, I, I love this because we are so used to like the, the iconic black widow image is that like skin tight cat suit. Yes. And the one you see in this movie, I, I looked it up. Apparently, Scarlett Johansson told the costume designer uh, that this was the most comfortable outfit, like the most comfortable wardrobe she'd ever worn. Um, The costume designer, uh, by the way, is Janie Tamim. I am maybe saying that very incorrectly. It could be Jenny to mime. I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, she did a great job. I really liked her work in this movie specifically yes. because uh, Nat is always dressed for comfort. Like, unless she's in a Black Widow suit, she is dressed for comfort. We see her in hoodies. Yes. We see her in, like, just regular pants and t-shirts. Uh, and then when we see her in the black widow suits i do feel like the the costume designer talked about how they specifically chose fabrics and did work with uh the seams to give it a little bit extra stretch oh. and a little bit more room yeah. and you can you can tell like everybody in that movie looks way more comfortable <laughs> than scarlett johansson has looked in any of yes. the previous movies like it's just it's another one of those things that like it they're not screaming and announcing that this is a a girl movie right, yes. right? but like as a girl watching it you're like yeah i see what you did there i see what you did there and i appreciate it but i liked looking at the the colors of the costumes and yeah. how like at the beginning obviously because if they're wearing the Black Widow, or at least Elena's wearing her Black Widow outfit, it has to be black. But the rest yeah. of the time, it's it's white, 
which is like obviously right. they are the like complete opposites of each other. So like everybody can look into whatever they want to <laughs> to see like what the color means. But I like that they do a complete opposite because I think that that's really important to show like oh they're still gonna wear that like tactical like outfit is still gonna be like important for them to wear, but it doesn't have to yeah. be like they get to choose the color this time and they get to choose. Like she puts that that cool little vest on top of it. Vest like, on. She yeah, gets yeah, yeah, to yeah. put that on because she they like once again they get to do what they want to do with their bodies now. I wrote in here, I was like, is this a metaphor about how women are never really in control of their bodies and it's like always in the hands of men, like quite literally in this movie. It is now that we're talking about it. It's like, this does feel a lot like a movie about agency and about taking ownership. And I think the idea that, because Scarlett Johansson is the one who contacted Kate Shortland and was like, no, please, I want Mm. you to direct my movie. Apparently when they were working on the wardrobe, they actually pulled out a cart of like a cart of clothes and were like, Scarlett Johansson, pick what you think Black Widow would be wearing in, you know, yeah. this situation, this scenario. And she's the one who was picking out like okay, yeah. comfortable shirts, comfortable pants, like looser fitting things. And I think there is a lot to be said about the agency behind the scenes as much as the agency that these characters are able to have absolutely in the movie itself yeah that's i didn't know that behind the scenes that's actually really cool uh and i do think that that has to that that comes through like phenomenally like on screen too which is like upon first watch it's like it's a fun movie but then when you watch it like a second time it's like oh my gosh there's so much here mm-hmm. uh, which is like the nice thing about like rewatchability of movies in general i enjoy rewatching movies but it's more fun when you like start picking out things yeah. that you didn't like notice before because the, the first watch is always like oh i'm so hyped up for whatever this is that i'm watching right. that like i need to like i typically have to see movies like two or three times to like mm-hmm. fully, because sometimes depending on the movie, I get lost and like, well, why are they doing this and this and this particular, and then I forget about the plot and it's like, ah, oh, shit, I yeah. was like looking at camera stuff, like I gotta pay attention again. <laughs> um, but I think that that's really interesting. And yeah, agency, family, like, and then what a family is are two big uh, things in this movie. And then the other thing that I looked at were th- was their hair. Uh, which sounds weird, yes! but I was like really looking at their hair because someone had mentioned to me they're like there's a there was an article somewhere about how like their hair was influenced by each other's characters. Uh, so okay, when they're yeah. sitting at that dinner table, Yelena has a similar braid crown to Milena because she's still the closest in terms of like this is my family. Yeah. Whereas Black Widow has one singular braid in her hair, and I think yeah. that's interesting because it means like. She doesn't. She still feels like she belongs there, but but mm-hmm. not really. So this is like, I think that that's a really interesting thing to look at. It's like, oh, look at their hair and how, and how this looks here. And that was so I didn't notice that, but I again with like the practicality of everything, I think every all of the female characters in this movie have their hair tied yeah. back and like out of their face and from in every movie 
Black Widow's hair at some point is like whipping yes. around her head and like in her face yes. and I'm like how do you fight like that like yeah, how are you able to you see can't. and in this movie she has it pulled back and you're like yes that's absolutely like, this is how it should be that's how I would that's how I would want to fight that's how I would want to like if I was having to run across the deck of this like helicarrier like I'd want to be with like a ponytail or something like every the design choices on all of the female actresses mm-hmm. for, on all of the the female characters in the movie just felt so like real life yes and it was like yeah i am able to suspend disbelief on a lot of sure. these like this weird sequence where you're definitely falling to your death but you manage to slow yourself down on the debris oh, yeah. that's falling sure. at different rates sure. than you like i can suspend my disbelief on this because you're wearing a ponytail and have practical shoes on without heels yes. like it's the little things it, man the little things it really is because it has always bothered me in like any action movie when women would just not put their hair up like that, yes. I can't even work out without having a ponytail and like a headband so that my bangs are out of the way. Like I can't fight yes. crime or whatever. With hair <laughs> in my face. Could you imagine? I have, <laughs> and and I have to give it. It's it it is probably a little bit of a decision that like well we need her hair to be in her face so we can hide the fact sure. that we have the stunt woman doing this particular stunt. Uh, so, like, I, I I can kind of get it, but, yeah, a thousand percent, like, if I get sweaty hair in my face, like, I will be just, like, I will be useless until the hair is out of my face. Like, I will pitch a fit. Yeah. So, h- why haven't you been doing this the entire time? And I know, like, anybody can grab your hair if it's in a ponytail, too, but it feels, like, a little bit well, more <laughs> out here. you the- see... In the earlier scenes, she's got a French braid, and that is, like, I'm not saying that you can't grab a French braid, but it's much closer to her yeah. head and much less likely to be easy to grab in, like, a full-on oh, fight. Yeah. So, And then the idea that uh, Yelena's wearing a flower, not a flower crown, <laughs> a braid crown, yes. <laughs> um, that's definitely not going to be easy to grab onto. No. And when you see the Black Widows at the end of the, at the end of the movie, like all of them are also wearing very practical, out of the way hairstyles. Like it's a big thing. Yes. And maybe it's my, like, I've watched too many horror movies where women are dragged by their hair, but it's like, guys, let's get it together. Um, if you're fighting things or you want to survive <laughs> your horror movie, let's not have our hair be all over the place. That's a pro tip for me to you, to everyone out there. Put your hair up. I'm trying to think if I'm missing. Oh, there was one shot that I was like, okay, if this was uh, done any other way, it would be weird. It is when they, when Natasha and Yelena are in their apartment and they're I think it's in the apartment but they are getting under or Natasha at least is getting undressed and she pull and you see her from the back and it lingers mm-hmm. slightly on her while her shirt is off but it's not her like a sexy way it's definitely on all the bruises that she has and it's yes. definitely a POV shot from Yelena because she like turns over yes. to look at her and it's almost like a shock that she is so bruised and I yeah. like that it was shot from the back like 
it could yes. have easily been shot from the front and then you get a little bit of sexy just because mm-hmm. boobs are there, just I guess. Well, that's like, so uh, my my family has been rewatching Castle oh. from uh, the, the Nathan yeah. Fillion uh, drama. And the one character in that show, she gets... Uh, she's almost assassinated and she gets hit with a bullet and it is right between her boots. <sighs> and like, I guess you could argue, cause like somebody sees the assassin like moments before the shot mm-hmm. goes off. So they like run to push her out of the way. She still gets shot. Sure. So like you can kind of like maybe be like, okay, well she got pushed out of the way. So like bullet trajectory or whatever. But like what? If you were trying to kill somebody, wouldn't you go for the heart, which is significantly yeah, higher a- and more towards the left than the center of your breastplate? And it's like, did you do it there just so that you could do a bunch of shots mm. of, like, the top of Kate Beckett's bra? Mm, like, mm-hmm. a thousand percent the fact that they show Natasha's back yes. versus her son. Like, like, so... This is the thing that I appreciate the most about this movie is that you have these characters who are like they they have no ownership over themselves mm-hmm. or their bodies. Mm-hmm. They are killing machines and they are specifically chosen based on physical appearance yes. so that they can also be you know uh sexy mm-hmm. Distractions, mm-hmm. essentially honey traps again. Yes, and this is the least sexualized any female character yes. has been in a Marvel movie in the entire franchise. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw that out Absolutely. there. Absolutely, like, that is there. There's like no TNA shot um, in terms of the costuming. Like it is form fitting because it's sure. like sports activewear type yeah. form fitting but like it's not so tight that like her boobs are popping yeah. out or I, the the shot that they like to do with uh Black Widow a lot is like her ass in those tight pants yes. and like just how like I don't I I don't know what they're trying to convey with those ass shots <laughs> like it's a good ass I guess <laughs> but like I we didn't get any of that in this movie. We didn't get any, like, weird, low-cut top. Like, it yes. is for characters who are very sexualized, like, in-universe. Yes. Like, that is the purpose of them. They are sexualized. Right. Like, you see it in the opening montage, which is basically, like, a child trafficking, yeah. like, PSA. They are objects. They are not objectified even a little bit in the movie. Like, mind-blowing choice. Yeah. There's, Phenomenal. There's Excellent no, job. Like, slow, sexy pan-up from, like, right? whatever, or pan-down for whatever, which they, they love to do when they're, like, either getting dressed or walking somewhere. I think there's a shot in <laughs> Iron Man 2 where she is walking towards um, their table, and I know it's to be like, oh, who is that? But it's definitely her ass and her hips. Like, you could have just yeah. shown the entire body uh, from front. But it's, I like John Favreau. I think he's a great director. I just think that they're, like... I think he did a lot of good things with both Iron Man and Iron Man 2. I yeah. don't think that 
all of the Natasha Romanov things could be included in that category. Absolutely. And I think, like, the male gaze is something I've definitely brought up in the last season of this podcast before. And it is just, like, so, like, inherently in, like, so much media, like, action-based or whatever. Even, like, non-action-based fil- like films. That it's, like, almost, we're almost so blind to it. Like, we don't notice it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, well, and when I was looking at this stuff about the the costume designer mm-hmm. and the whole thing with the pocket, yes. like the thing where Yelena's like, it's got so many pockets, <laughs> and like they they talk about how that's such a throwaway thing, but if you're sitting in a in a theater full of women, yeah. all of the women are like, oh, this is hilarious, or uh, in Birds of Prey because they bring up Birds of Prey too, where Harley Quinn gives yes. it's Journey Smollett, I think. Yes is the actress and she gives her a hair tie and is like oh hey here's a hair tie so you can tie your hair back and like all of the women in the theater were like yes finally (laughs) like it's it's I feel seen is what it is Rebecca and it's one of those things like you said like we're so accustomed to the the male gaze Mm -hmm. and like that's just what's What's in Hollywood? Like, I can't blame anyone at this point because it's so standard. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to fight you on it. But when we get something from a female perspective, it is really like, oh, hey, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, I can connect to this movie. This is nice. I, I like this feeling. Right. And it's, it's so, it's, it's a subtle thing, too. It doesn't have to be, like, I don't have to see myself in every single character, but it's nice to be like, Oh no, like that's actually really relatable. Like that is definitely something I've yeah. bought in a dress and be like, well, it's got pockets. Uh, that's why it's, it's so pocket. great. Uh, so <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's nice to see. And like, it's really it's sad that like this kind of trend of like women can be directing things now that aren't just like in, a lot of women mostly do independent films just because it's easier for them to break into. But it's nice to know that like, all representation matters uh, but yeah. for everyone and it could be the dumbest thing of like putting a hair tie on what I would love to see mm-hmm. is a woman wearing a sports bra or being like what the hell is all this running I gotta go get my sports bra like that's, yes. that's like small things like that yes. <laughs> that I would like to like, see I really hope I don't know what any of their costumes are supposed to be made of right. like in universe like what wardrobe makes the costume out of is not exactly. necessarily the material it's supposed to be emulating i would love to see a character just like walk into like a uh, a dick's sporting goods or something and be like i need a new pair of <laughs> leggings because like I need some leggings because I do a lot of running. Yes. Like I need a new pair of sneakers. Apparently, Scarlett Johansson was like when they asked her about work because, like, again, she has, and this makes perfect sense because she has been playing this character for yeah. over ten years at the point when they made Black Widow. So, like, who better? Like, who knows this character better than her? Right. Um, they asked when they were talking to her about wardrobe. She was like, "Absolutely no heels." <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, obviously. Who wants to be fighting and like running around in those heels? You're gonna break an ankle." Yeah. So all of the shoes in this movie are apparently like basically combat boots. Great. And I was like, "Wonderful. This is phenomenal." <laughs> like 
practical wear. We're not always dressing to be sexy. Sometimes we're dressing to be sexy. Right. But sometimes we're dressing to be comfortable. And sometimes we know we're running from a cabal of sex child traffickers. I want a pair of sneakers. I want something that's going to support my foot and ankle and knee. Like, come on. Come on, everyone. (laughs) Think this through a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this, like, gives way to just, like, they could be to someone totally throwaway lines or, like, actions or whatever, but, like, to some group of people that's going to mean something, like, so dearly that it's like, ah, I want to keep returning to this because, like, this one gets me or, like, this one's so funny because of, like, the pockets thing was all over Twitter when she said that. Like, everybody loves that line because... I mean, like, everybody loves pockets. So it's it's yeah. very clear that, like, these kind of, like, Marvel movies are going in a good direction in terms of, like, mm-hmm. he- here's where we are. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had so many, so many white men, and now it's time <laughs> to add some women in. And then, like, we have women of color, and we have yes. men of color, which is great. Yes. Uh, we got sort of our first Hispanic hero in Eternals. Torres in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's right, yes. In in the comics, he becomes the next Falcon, and that hasn't happened yet in the show, but I feel like we should keep an eye on yeah. him, because I also really loved that character in the show. Well, so Also, America Chavez is supposed to be introduced. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Like the, 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 I will say that's the one place we are very much, like, and we weren't, we didn't have a lot of Asian representation, both in, t- mm-hmm. like, we, we have Shang-Chi, but now we also have Kingo, because mm-hmm. uh, that's also another, like, we don't, a lot of people forget, you know, India is also Asia. Uh, so, yeah. uh, yes, it is. So we, that'd be great if we get that kind of representation as well. Kumail Nanjiani yes. is in Eternals. He's, I love Kumail Nanjiani. And then we also got, and I can never remember this guy's name. Who is uh, Gilgamesh in uh, Eternals? Who is a big Korean action star? Who is oh, so okay. great, and I love him. Uh, and I was so excited to see. I, once again, I have not seen Eternals. That's that's for a later date and time thing to watch. It's out this week, and I'm very excited to watch it in the comfort of my own yes. home. I feel like I should have seen it at a movie theater, but like, I think things were starting to peak again at that point, and I was like. I'm just gonna make good decisions. <laughs> I've been told it's really long, so I think it's a good that I can like take a break if I want to kind of deal, uh, because I've heard a lot of mixed things about this movie. Uh, and I was I'm more interested to see like cinemata- like the cinematography of this because I think that could be really interesting. <laughs> So I'm just interested to see what Chloe Zhao brings to it because I watched um, I watched her Oscar-winning film, Nomadland. Thank mm-hmm. you. I watched <laughs> Nomadland, uh, and it was beautiful and uh, just very like. I am interested to see what she does with a more plot-driven movie yeah. because Nomadland is very like. Laxadaisical. It's, it's kind like, of like slice of it's, life. It's very thing. Like yeah, it's very vibey. Mm-hmm. It wanders. It's there's no sense of urgency. Yeah. And like that's not 
Like, the character also has no sense of urgency. Like, it's all about her just living her best yeah. life, right? Um, so it... I uh, I would like to I I I'm interested to see how uh, how things go on uh, Eternals. Yeah, I think I'm interested. I think you can have some nice like quiet moments, but then also like fun actiony stuff. So like, and good balance again. I think the quiet moments is where Marvel excels and where DC hasn't quite managed to figure things out yet. Yeah, because I. I, I don't know. I I have to rewatch some DC stuff before I can <laughs> say this with any certainty. But my memory is that like they're they're more focused on the action yes. and the big scenes and not as focused on these character moments, which is what connects with yeah. people. Like that's that's what you you go to the movies to see your friend Tony Stark. You didn't right. You you want to see him blow some stuff up, but really you're there to see Tony Stark. I don't know. That's maybe a girl thing versus a, uh, a yeah. guy thing. I, I don't I don't know, but I do feel like focusing on character and focusing on relationships yeah. is what makes Marvel work and what keeps them working. Yeah, we barely talked about any action when we were talking about Black Widow. Well, I think there are a lot of cool and fun action scenes, but I don't think that's where, like, the heart of the movie is. Like, that's the fun of the movie. The, the like, attack in their safe house. So that's a really fun-looking scene and then it goes right into that car chase. So fun. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't learn anything about, except for, like, the bickering. Like, that's fun. Like, this is a shit plan. Like, that kind of stuff is fun. Well, but, like, that's their personalities. And, and what the the point of those two scenes are is you have a sister fight, yeah, right? Yeah. You have two sisters who hate each other, and they're fighting each other. But they're also still sisters. Yeah. So as soon as they're done... Like, as soon as they are threatened by an outside mm-hmm. force, they're on the same team. Yes. So, like, what you're watching is not... Like, you're watching uh, an action sequence. You're also watching a relationship dynamic right. play out through that whole sequence. Like, they're doing it right. They, they're doing it they right, They even guys. show the, like, Nat going back to save another widow. Like, that's also, mm-hmm. I think, really important to show that, like, even as she is being attacked... She's still gonna show that other widow. Like, it's not show. She's gonna save that other widow because, like, she knows, like, this this woman is not here because she wants to be. Like, she has to be. And the thing that breaks my heart in that scene is that, like, five seconds later, Yelena runs in. She has a vial yeah. of the antidote in her hand. Like, she is there, ready to help this widow who was just trying to kill mm-hmm. them. And unfortunately, the widow is dead. Like, like. I noticed that for the first time on this last watch and was like, oh, oh, God, I'm, like, having a feeling over this. Like, oh, yeah. that's rough. I also really like that the, and this is, like, really weird, but I like that the, the chemical or whatever that they use is the color red uh, because there's, like, yes. so many different, like, parts where it's, like, there's just a hint of red in every scene uh, mm-hmm. because she's Black Widow and she's got the, the great yeah, belt, yeah. the red little belt. Like yeah. the spider, uh, but like, <laughs> I just think that that's really fun because it's like something that like the Black Widow is known to have that that black hourglass thing, mm-hmm. but like it's was both like something horrible for them, the color red, but now it becomes the, the one that oh, we like could save she, them. 
like she's taken aback. She's she's like this is mine. Yeah. Because uh, that whole scene, I noticed that in the uh, in that last fight scene, because there's a lot of like red yeah. light coming in. It's from the the LED board, yes. like the computer screen. Yes. That he's got, Drakov has up. And there's, like, so much red light and, like, the Black Widows are all there. So it's a lot of black and red yeah. and, like, hitting and, like, uh, Natasha getting her ass handed to her. <laughs> which I actually, I we, we rarely see Natasha get beat yeah. up. Like, she will be incapacitated. Sure. But, like, definitely... N- like, we have not seen Natasha get beat up the way that, like, Steve gets beat yeah. up in Winter Soldier. The way that Tony gets beat up in a number of different <laughs> movies. Um, Natasha gets beat up. And it's, like, it is uncomfortable to yes. watch. And then, so, you have the black and the red and the fighting. And then you have Yelena throw yes. in the antidote. And it explodes. And you have that big explosion of red, like... That was visually really cool yes. to watch. Yeah, there's a lot of... We didn't even really talk about Alexi, but I love Alexi. <laughs> I just think he's great. Now, there's no way he fought original Captain America, right? Yes! Thank you! <laughs> Who was he fighting? Got, Who was that's he what fighting? I wrote. I wrote down, because I, like, I was thinking about it. I was like, Fro- Cap is frozen. So who yes. is the, the other Captain America that he is... Was it perhaps, like alternate timeline Captain America or was it like oh. maybe I mean obvi- we, we learn in Falcon and the Winter Soldier there are other like other uh, Captain America failed or not there are other super yeah. soldiers yeah so was somebody like was it like a, a morale thing because that seems like a super right? 1980s America thing to do to be like oh look at here we got Captain America yeah he, he's taking down them commies so <laughs> This just seems very uh, American to do, even if it's just a figurehead. Yeah, but, like, the fact that he was able to fight Red Guardian, though, like, we see, I love how, I love that opening scene in the movie where, like, he comes in and he's just, like, David Harbour regular dad <laughs> yes. guy. Like, first off, can we just all adopt David Harbour as our collective dad? Because he seems you great. You can be dad um, or daddy, both interchangeable. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> um, great. Lily uh, Allen is a lucky woman, I'll just say. <laughs> um, but uh, he, they're like, they're driving out of town. Mm-hmm. Everything, like, we know something's up. We know they're the bad guys because. We we know right. we just yeah. know, um, but he everything seems perfectly normal, and then he throws yes. that like tanker truck at, <laughs> to get it out of the yes. way of their biplane, and you're like, oh yeah. okay, so you're a super soldier, okay? Like that reveal is so like casually yes. tossed in there, and it's like. Yes. And I do like it that it was, it was, it wasn't like there was no big focus on him doing that. It was, was it, I don't mm-hmm. remember now, was it shot from the plane or what, in general was it just shot from a little bit farther away? It was like, it was like the, the camera is moving a lot in that scene because there's like a lot yeah. of different pieces. And I want to say it's like, it was on 
Nat and Yelena and Milena getting in the yeah. plane, and then it kind of like moves okay. over to where David Harbor is, and he's moving it. Don't quote me yeah. on that, but I want to say that's kind of what it's okay, yeah. doing in that moment. It was very just like very understated, and it was like super yes. subtle, which I did really enjoy because like you don't get to see him be that strong and exciting again until the prison, the, and then yeah. and then really actually fight like at the end (laughs) yes yes i would love to know everything about red guardian i want to know who he was fighting yes in the 1980s (laughs) i would like to know why he is in prison yes like he kind of like he complains about why he's in prison but like in a way that i'm like so like wait is that really why you're in prison like why are you in prison do you know why you're in prison I would just, I have a lot of questions, and I would love for David Harbour to tell me all of the answers. He can have, like, a Disney Plus special about, like, his life, like, after, you know, he sold out his daughters. Uh, <laughs> I, I would love a Red Guardian documentary. But it's, like, produced by, like, the Black Widow people, so it's, like, really, <laughs> and it's all, like, it's all set in the 80s, so it's, like, all, like, oh, yeah, okay, hold on, I think we could do this. <laughs> it would look real great. You could interview him and a bunch of, like, random people and talk about how great Russia, oh, we got this, okay. I would love it. I'm on board. Disney, I'm writing the truth <laughs> for it right now. We, I'm gonna bail it to you. We got this. Um, I think I've made every point and I've talked about everything that I wanted to talk about, but I will leave the floor open to make sure I didn't, we didn't miss anything you wanted to discuss. We talked about the epilogue and how Yelene gets to have, like, the note that I just saw was, I love that Yelena gets to have a style now. Like, she, she, it's clearly, like, bananas, (laughs) but... She got to make all of those decisions herself, yes. so she's thrilled about it. Um, and she makes very bold ones. Like, they're all, like, even her outfits in um, Hawkeye are all bold. Yes, yes. They're super, like, out yeah. there. And she, like, very much, like, for a very long time, I was only allowed to wear one <laughs> color and one thing and now i get to do whatever the heck i want and this is what i want and i love it i just i had a note in here because they i thought about the winter soldier program when they were talking about the chemical whatever and i was like i wonder if they'll mention that and then melina does and then i have a note that says wow this franchise is very obsessed with free will (laughs) and i kind of like that I appreciate that Milena kept saying to keep your heart to Nat. Yeah. But it felt, it, it was cute, but it was like, this is a little too sweet, maybe. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little. How did you Like, I like the sentiment. Heart. I like that Red Guardian is so proud of both of his girls. Your ledgers Even though Natasha, like, <laughs> I love that he's like, I'm so proud of Yelena, the youngest child assassin. <laughs> And Natasha, you're an Avenger. <laughs> like he doesn't, he doesn't care what they yes. did. He's just proud that they accomplished. Oh, things. absolutely. I live your dream. I do think like he, even though he seemed like he was bored in their mission, like he obviously genuinely cared about both of them. And I do think he probably regretted 
giving them up at such a young age but like what was he supposed to do this is the life that he knows and i'm sure probably was in it for a long time as well and i think he was complaining about how bored he was i think he was just being a sour puss sour grapes like purposefully only remembering all of the bad days and not remembering all of the nice times that he had with his family. Yeah, uh, or a good coping mechanism to be like, no, no, I didn't want to be there in the first place at all. <laughs> I have, here are some notes that I have just in a row. <laughs> Melina times Red Guardian is a kinky AF ship and I ship it. <laughs> Just the word poser, which is clearly the point. Oh. Where I love that. I love the running poser joke. That makes me really happy. And then uh, the conversation with Dracov. This conversation with Dracov feels like me, a woman, is finally getting one over on all those internet neckbeard trolls, and I love it. <laughs> and then I have one that says, yes, please mansplain world politics to me, a politician. Yeah, no, I think that was everything. I wanted to say something about how I hope that Florence Pugh gets to do more of her own fight scenes yes. because, like, with all the hair, it's like it's hard to tell who's doing the fighting. And like Natasha has a really distinctive acrobatic yeah. style, so that's maybe asking a lot. And then I went down a rabbit hole of like watching female stunt doubles, and I was like. On the one hand, I would love to see more actresses do the, like, Chris Evans, yeah. like, no, I'm going to do this fight myself thing. On the other hand, these ladies are really talented, and I don't think we should minimize their contribution to the filmmaking oh, process. Because they do they a lot. Do the most. And they're amazing. <laughs> um, and I also, I did watch a video on, like, because Scarlett Johansson did do a lot of training with a sure. trainer. And, like... They, I watched a video with him explaining, like, essentially the training plan that he did with her. Uh, and, like, apparently by the end of it, she could deadlift, like, 245 pounds. And I'm like, dang. What? Damn, girl. So, wow. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to complain about what anyone did in terms of the action scenes in those films. They did yeah. a great job. Everyone was working really hard. They did their best. Congrats. It'd be cool to see, I guess, like, a combination of, like, them doing a good amount of this, like, stunts for, and then, like, you know, bringing in a stunt, you know, double to do, like, the difficult, difficult stuff that is, you know, scary. I just, like, and again, stunt people are there for a right. reason. They're highly trained individuals, and they're always going to be better than the sure. actors just because that's, like, the stunt work is their job mm -hmm. versus the actors who their job is, like the talking yeah. and the being on screen part like the stunt the like there's it's just safer and better to have a stunt person do the stunts. yes i would love to see more women performers doing the whole like 
Tom Cruise yeah. thing. Like, terrible example. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's but, what I thought of, too, uh, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I would love to see more women, like, get into the action game and just be like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna do the things that yeah. I can do and just, like, have a lot of fun with it. Like, that would be cool, and I would like it, and I would find that very motivating right. for myself, personally. But, uh, you know what, Hollywood, the system is not bad that you have right now. You're fine. We briefly touched on Kate Shortland, and it is interesting. Uh, so I know that Scarlett Johansson reached out to Kate mm-hmm. Shortland, and like Kate Shortland was on a short list for director, and she initially turned it down. And then Scarlett Johansson reached out to her and really convinced uh-huh. her to do it, uh, which I think was great. Um, I did watch the movie mm-hmm. Lore, which was why. Scarlett Johansson reached out and it was it was interesting watching lore after watching mm-hmm. Black Widow cuz I could see I could see why she'd want Kate Shortland to come direct gotcha. Black yeah, yeah, Widow. Yeah. Like there's a lot to do in that movie with like indoctrination oh. and figuring out like who you are when you realize that this thing you've believed your whole life is a lie. Um, It was a very interesting movie. It was a very beautifully shot movie. There were some things in that film that I just was very like, question mark, question mark (laughs) on this. Um, But it was a very fascinating story. So I do... I do think it was an interesting choice, and I think it worked out really well. There was definitely, like, that opening sequence in Black Widow with the, like, like I said, the the child trafficking PSA, which was so, like, raw and, like, gut-punching. And I really, really liked it. I liked visually what they were doing. I liked musically yeah. what they were like mm-hmm. the smells like teen spirit felt so like appropriate yes. it just worked really really well um but like some of the visuals in lore i was like okay mm-hmm. yeah i see how this translates into you know this the the movie that we got for black widow so it was interesting seeing something that was like completely yeah. different but also kind of related Still, what a wild, like, because Kate Shortland had not done a no. lot before she got tapped to do this movie. So, like, it, Lucky like, break. just, <laughs> they are, they're just consistently good at finding and utilizing talent. Yes. Like, there are still some hits and misses. Sure. Like, they're not all perfect, but the general trend of a, of the franchise has been finding the right people. Yes. And that, I think, is what they do probably the best like iron man doesn't work without robert no he couldn't be anybody else uh captain america doesn't work without chris evans like black widow does not work without scarlett johansson at this point like they are just really good at finding the right people so that's that's the end all right that's the end we will wrap up our our discussion on black widow and the next time we will be talking will be about Birds of Prey, which was, and I think, I still stand by this, I think that's my favorite female-focused superhero movie, 
just because it's in general so much fun. And I like I've watched that movie so many times. I love that soundtrack. I I just love it. Um, it is so 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 different um, compared to her first entry in with the Suicide Squad, uh, which we can talk about in length uh, for the next episode. Um, uh, but uh, I do think James Gunn sort of keeps her a little bit mixed, I would say, between the two in the reboot. I don't really know what to call that one. Um, I I. I am both excited and not excited to get into this because I'm excited to revisit uh, the dumpster fire that is Suicide Squad. Um, I would I have not seen the second one, so I'm excited to see uh, that and uh, just completely change gears by watching Birds of Prey in the middle. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, we don't. We're not sponsored by anyone, so I don't have to throw it to a sponsor or anything. Uh, but uh, join us next time. And maybe you should watch Black Widow now if you haven't and decided, I kind of want to watch this thing. And maybe you got to keep up with us, so get ready to watch Birds of Prey in the near future so that, you know, you don't look dumb for not knowing what we're talking about. You would, Nobody looks dumb. It's fine. Everybody can make their own decisions. Just go watch, like, a video essay about it or something so that you at least know what's going on. But we will see you, or I guess you won't see you, but you'll hear us next time. (laughs) Bye!